Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Hi, and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. Today, we are discussing the different types of protection you should have and the way to think about each of them to maximize your value and coverage. So we're going to have a little bit of a different type of podcast today, and we're going to be really just kind of giving you some factual information about what to think about on the various types of insurance. So we're your hosts. I'm Rachel Marshall, and this is Bruce Weiner. Good morning, Rachel. Yes, this is going to be kind of a fun, crisp podcast because uh, we know insurance can get a little dry and we want people to listen and because we do think that we're trying to get rid of all these myths and we're just trying to say, hey, this is what you consider. Now, it's, it still is a mindset. We still, we still think you need to have to look at your overall financial picture to look at these different things and you have to have a really good broker. And that's why we love our resource network that we have. So let's just dive into this. We're going to look at the first type of insurance, and that's your property and casualty um, along with auto insurance. And we want you to understand the numbers. So really, when you see numbers with these kind of things, they have like 50,000 slash 100,000 slash 25,000. And really what they're saying is it's a per person, per accident, and that the property damage that you're actually... Um, you may sustain or be paid. You you actually have uh, coverage to pay for that property damage uh, per the incident. Right. incident. And it's, it's usually listed as th- this is your liability coverage. There, there's and go ahead. Something I'll mention on that is that sometimes you may have a different amount for your liability coverage as for your uninsured and underinsured motorist. Mm-hmm. But those three numbers, let's just look at just the liability portion for a second. So if you're at fault in an accident, it's the amount that your insurance company is going to pay for damages that you cause to other people or other vehicles. So it's going to protect you if you're at fault. I think if people just have to sit down with their broker and say, explain each one of these. And the first one is, you know, per person. The second one is more just per accident, the cumulative. And then the other one is what is my property be you know property damage limitations. So this is what we talked about in the previous podcast is uh, the, you know the property damage limit limitations for the liability and the per person all these liability coverages where you can then get a, uh, more coverage with an umbrella. The next one I think is the uninsured or underinsured protection, and that yes. that can be actually bundled in totally, uh, and these are for for damages caused by someone who doesn't have enough insurance or has no insurance. And actually this has happened to me a couple of times in my life, actually. Um, Once when I lived in California, it's very, very common in California because of the high cost of living that people uh, either are undersured, but, but more, most likely is that they're, they're not insured at all. And people, and our listeners may say, well, that's impossible because when I go get my license uh, renewed for my vehicle, I have to have um, my insurance coverage. Your state minimums. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what people do is they do that and they drop the coverage because they they don't they either can't pay for it or they don't pay for it. 
And there's actually there's actually companies, insurance companies out out there that actually cater to this type of mentality. So they have really cheap rates. Uh, they then those cheap rates don't cover a whole lot, and they they are just trying to get people to buy this long enough so they can actually license their car, knowing that most people are going to drop it. So they've they've gotten a month or two of premium, and then they don't they never have any liability. Uh, the insurance company never has any liability, so they're much more profitable because of that. So, mm-hmm. and this has happened. To, this happened to me in California. It also happened to me here in Missouri, where a person oh, did wow. not have coverage, and I got hit both times. And what's what's bad about this is your insurance rates are actually higher in areas where people don't have as much insurance or underinsured, or they're more likely not to have any insurance. And right, because somebody has to cover it. And if there's more, more percentage of the people that don't have as much insurance as they need, well, then who's going to pay for it is basically the question. So the people who are willing to pay for the coverage then end up carrying the burden of all of that cost. That's exactly right. And our, our insurance costs when we moved to California for our, our, our uh, cars almost doubled in price because of that one. And I asked the broker, I said, why? And they said, because we have a large percentage of uninsured motorists in California. Well, I think what's interesting kind of just about everything that you're sharing there is that, so if we kind of come back to the whole idea about being uninsured, the real truth is most people don't have the maximum insurance they can get. Right. So what that means then is if you drive an expensive car, the likelihood of the person who hits you being able to pay for all of the damages is not very high. So your coverage then would pick up for that, the uninsured and underinsured. So the, the, the mindset that we want to have is to be able to have the maximum insurance we can get. So for instance, the Virginia minimum, and I'm in Virginia, it's illegal to drive a car without 25000 of per person liability protection, 50000 per accident. So that means the multiplier of the injured persons. So basically it would cover 25,000 for one person up to two people at 25,000 and then 25,000 of property damage. So $25,000 vehicle. Now the legal requirement is also to have uninsured and underinsured motorist bodily injury, 25,000, 50,000. The thing to uh, note is that the coverage can go up. I've seen as high as 500,000, 500,000, 500,000. So you maybe can go higher than that. That's the highest I've ever seen. But you could do something that is the minimum required to get the umbrella policy. So you may not necessarily need the 500, 500, 500, and then add an umbrella on top of that because then your liability would essentially be the 500,000 for the underlying auto policy plus the 2 million of the umbrella. Maybe you would have a better value if you did 300, 300, 100,000 on your auto policy and then added your 2 million umbrella. So just some things to think about in terms of the best value. The other thing I do want to mention here is then there's personal injury protection or some policies will call it medical payments coverage. And usually what this does is it pays for whoever is the insured personal injuries, regardless of who's at fault. So if I have an accident with someone else, my personal injury protection is going to pay for me in my cover, in my car, their personal injury protection is going to pay for them in their car. And so the reason to maximize this 
is because there's more flexibility and control with your personal injury protection on your auto policy than there is necessarily with a health insurance policy, where health insurance is going to have more requirements and restrictions on what type of care you get, what's um, considered reasonable and necessary treatment, what types of doctors you can go to. So your personal injury protection coverage is usually going to be a little bit broader and you want to be able to use that first. And then once that's used up, then switch over to your health policy. The interesting thing to note though, is that your personal injury protection bills will not count towards your medical deductible. So just make sure that those in your mind are completely isolated and separate. You still, once you switch over to your medical policy for any injuries, sustained to yourself would end up needing to meet your deductible first on the medical policy. Right. And so I think what we're saying here to wrap this up, the keys to getting the most for the for most value for the least amount of premiums is to consider raising deductibles, uh, having the minimum coverage with the greatest amount of umbrella coverage you can have and see how that works into the uh, formula and then looking for multi-line discounts. Absolutely. So Bruce, let's move on to homeowners insurance. Um, I think we want to understand there's really kind of two separate parts of the coverage. So one is going to cover your stuff and one's going to cover the liability portion. So we've discussed before that liability applies to many different things, but let's talk first about your stuff. And I know you're really familiar with this as you've gone through a claim with (laughs) this specifically. Yeah. So yes, if, if you've been following the money advantage at all, I've talked about this in an, in another podcast uh, unfortunately, I did lose my home uh, to a complete loss in a fire, and so you have you have uh, coverage for the dwelling itself. And oh, by the way, the dwelling does not cover the foundation or the slab if you do not have a basement. Um, it only covers the dwelling itself because, and that kind of makes sense when you think about it, because. The the land doesn't have to be cover, covered in, in a catastrophe like a tornado, an earthquake, or a fire, but the but the dwelling it does, the structure does. Um, hmm. There are other things that will cover in this in the liability um, if you have it in your policy, um, if you have it insured for more than. Um, the hundred percent of the dwelling, if you have it insured for 125% or 110%, and then you have some kind of catastrophic, like, um, uh, well, what happened in my home, uh, the heat got so intense that it actually damaged the slab and the water damage in the slab was so bad that because I had it insured for more than hundred percent, then the coverage went back to the slab. So oh, and then wow. you have other structures, which would be fences, maybe a pool house, a pool, a pool fence, um, a shed, maybe. Pardon me. A shed, maybe. A shed, yes. Uh, and then you garage. You have your personal property. So personal property is different. That's what's inside the house. Uh, is that also called contents? Yeah, sometimes? absolutely. Yeah, the contents of it. And once again, we talked about this before, but quickly, if you just take your phone. And you and you go around and 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 take a video of, of all the contents of your house. On I would say on really expensive things, uh, make sure you get the serial numbers or at least the model of it on there, so that you have a record. If you have less than an eighty percent loss, and most thank goodness most claims are less than an eighty percent loss, you have to itemize each 
content piece to get uh, reimbursed. A lot of times, Rachel, and this is a pet peeve of mine, people say, oh, yeah, I know this insurance company's bad because they did my friend had a fire and they didn't pay they didn't pay for any of the stuff inside or paid for very little of the stuff inside. And I, and I always mm-hmm. say, well, what was the entire story here? Because you can't just tell a, a, uh, an insurance company, oh, yeah, I had, uh, you know, this painting and it was worth X amount of dollars or I had this couch and it was worth X amount of dollars and be, be oh, 100% sure. sure that they're going to do it. If you, if, if you have a picture of it, then they will take that easily. Um, well, again, it's a contract that you have with them and they're upholding their end of the contract and they have to know what they're on the hook for in advance. And when you, I mean, it's, it's the same thing as having documentation or proving something. It's um, just to make sure that everything's fair. I mean, we don't want to be putting them on the hook for more than what actually happened either. Otherwise they would, they would lose profitability. Well, and, and it just, they just pass it on to the, to the uh, homeowners as in, in, in increased premiums. And that, and right. then, uh, if it, unfortunately though, if it's more than eighty percent, then they just write you a check for the limit of the policy. You do not have to itemize. You don't have to turn anything in, which is what made it. And I know it sounds weird, but this is what made it easy on our loss because we were almost a hundred percent loss, and so all they did was write us a check for all the personal property contents. And then the final thing on this is loss of use. So we were insured for up to $125,000 of loss of uh, use. And that simply means that was, to, that was to pay for us living somewhere else during the time that our home was rebuilt. And so the, insur- the insurance mm-hmm. company worked and they just paid directly for the apartment that we were renting. And it was very, very, very easily by, once again, by contract. It was very, very, and we were out of the home for a whole year, had Oh, had wow. no problems. Insurance company paid the the uh, the apartment complex directly. We didn't have to worry about you know them paying us and then paying a check and getting it. It was really really nice um, and how the contract worked. A liability liability wow. personal liability is injuries caused to other when they're on your property. So somebody comes to your property, they trip and fall on a step, um, and they could sue you for that. So that's personal liability. The, the most common one, though, is they have medical payments because they got injured on that. So those are some liability uh, protections that you have in your homeowner's uh, policy. So the key is to get, to get the most value for your premium. And I, I talked about this a little bit in the, in the last podcast is raise your deductible if you have the savings to cover for it. And that's why we're so big on savings. Savings actually is not just the return that you get on these, the interests of your savings, but it's what you get from the other aspects of your life. And that's why we always talk about a complete financial picture. What else can you, what else can you save because you have savings? Well, in this case, you can save on premium cost because you have savings. You can raise your deductible, thus you have a a lower monthly premium. 
Oh, that's absolutely right. And that is the rate of return on your savings. When you look at the big picture, it's, it's as you mentioned, the, the actual interest it's earning, but it's also all the other savings. So it's the internal and the external rate of return on savings, if you really think about it yes. that way. And then, um, Bruce, I think you were going to go into next the, the way that you can also get the most value with homeowners is to have the minimum required to get the umbrella coverage and make sure you get as much umbrella insurance as possible. And I don't mean minimum um, coverage for your stuff. So again, we broke down homeowners into two parts, the your stuff part and the liability part. Get as much coverage as you can for your stuff. On the liability portion, make sure you have at least what's required to get the umbrella policy and then let the umbrella policy handle the rest of your liability. Right. And then you can also look at multi-line discounts there as well. Right. It's, it's a very similar concept. And um, I do believe that whenever you're looking at this, and I, I've said this in the last podcast, and I, I'm going to say it again, you know, having a broker that can help you walk through all this stuff um, really, really does help you when you're trying to figure out an apples to apples comparison. So when you're looking at liability and umbrella coverage, it's probably the most underused, I shouldn't say underused, the the coverage that most people don't have, umbrella coverage that they could put into their, their arsenal of insurances to help them feel the peace of mind. Wouldn't you agree with that? uh, I absolutely would. And it's, I think, underutilized because there's so much value in it. But many people think, well, you know, that's only for super wealthy people. I don't need an umbrella policy because I don't have that much money. But really, everyone should have as much umbrella coverage as they can get. And that's going to be a different amount based on your assets and maybe your income. But really, what you're looking at is get as much as you can. And there's going to be underwriting requirements if you try to go above a certain amount. But again, the insurance company is not going to over-insure you. And that umbrella policy is just invaluable for every single person to have. Yes. Yeah, so I think the key, once again, we're talking about the keys. We, we talked in the last uh, podcast, you can get about $2 million of coverage for $300, $300 a year. Um, or so maybe different but, for you in your specific right. area or something, but that's a general, general. Right. But amount. I think it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty close number because both you and I have that and we're in different States. So, right. Trying to get the most value, having the minimum underlying coverage for your auto, home, boats, uh, business coverage, business personal property coverage, uh, maximizing your umbrella coverage to to keep your liability coverages on the main auto, home, boat business, and then looking at those multi-line discounts. Yes. So let's jump into business owners coverage for just a little bit here. So one thing we want to do is understand there's different types of coverage as a business owner. So one is going to be things like professional liability policies. If you're a doctor, this is going to be medical malpractice. If you're in other businesses, it's going to be errors and emissions coverage. And so that's something that you want to be able to have. Again, you can minimize your cost your or your premium dollars by increasing deductibles if you do have the savings to cover that. Workers' compensation is another thing you want to look at. So you can have a couple different pieces of that injury by accident, and there's going to be per employee limits on that. There's also injury by disease, which is something that can happen and you may end up needing to pay claims for. So that can be per employee or per policy. Bruce, is there anything you want to add to those two? Well, we talked about this a little bit where you have to decide like workers' compensation for our business owners. 
Um, you know, you could, and you have to look at your own state, whether you can do this or not. But I had an auto automobile repair place in California and California is a, it does protect the workers very, very well, but I was allowed to decide whether I wanted to turn a workers comp claim in or whether I just wanted to pay for uh, the medical out of my pocket or not. And so uh, once again, you have to look at if somebody gets injured on the job, talk to your broker. Does it make sense to go and just, even though you got a deductible, so on and so forth, but even above the deductible, does it make sense to pay a little above the deductible for their um, doctor's visits or rehab uh, because that's going to be a ding against you and your rates could raise by more than that little bit extra you're paying above the deductible. So that's a conversation you need to have with your broker. Right. Right. Is there other, would you like to talk about the other types of business owners insurance that somebody might be interested in? Yeah, but probably the one business owners get asked all the time are is errors and omission. And this is basically for a liability um, so that you, in case they come back and the business, another business sues you. So you're, you're giving a service to a business and they come back and sue you because they say, they said they, they suffered a financial loss because of that. Um, in our business in financial services business, you know, they could say because of an, because of, um, not because of a market loss, but because of a negligence, uh, because we put them into a company that um, went under or or we put them into a product that was not um, feasible for them. It wasn't in their best interest. They could come back and sue us and say, well, you, you didn't uh, put us in something that was in our best interest. Our errors and omissions would pay uh, if we if we got sued, if we lost um, in general business, um, I uh, let's use an IT service. So an IT service has a computer software program built for your company. It's supposed to be a maybe a CRM or a merchant services where it's taking payments, and then uh, it took some payments, and then it got breached, and, and mm-hmm. somebody stole some payments and then they sue you because you didn't build this properly. Well, you would need errors and omissions for that. You have to consider what service you're getting. I find this to be fascinating because I have a lot of consulting clients and they say, oh yeah, I'm doing some consulting for X corporation and they want to see my errors and omissions insurance. And I'm thinking, why do they want to see your errors and omissions insurance? That's protecting you if they mm-hmm. sue you. <laughs> and I'm like, the only thing I can possibly think about is that people are trying to see how professional you are, that you're not kind of a fly, sure. that you have. So it's important if you want to look like a respectable business that you can, it's kind of like bonding with a construction company. You, you know, you want to work with people that are bonded or insured. Right. insured in case something happens. Well, errors and omissions is, is just shows that you're a professional. Although I do think there are some things that you have to decide whether you really need errors and omissions. So if you're going into some 
corporation and, and they're asking you for a, a marketing plan to uh, do advertising on Facebook and LinkedIn, and they want to see your errors and omissions, well, the likelihood that <laughs> the likelihood that they're going to say, well, this marketing plan cost us business is not very great. So you, you, mm-hmm. you may have some errors and omissions to cover you for a little bit, but I wouldn't be going out to cover, you know, millions of dollars. But if you're an IT person and you're building a computer program that is taking merchant services and, and somebody, it can be breached and they steal credit card numbers and, and boy, I would say, yes, you want to make sure you have a lot of errors and omissions. And the other type is business owner insurance or BOP. It covers uh, building coverage, per, business personal property coverage, general liability, medical payments if somebody gets injured. Um, it would also for not only uh, uh, hired like taxis and uh, trucks and things like that, but non-owned autos. So if they're driving something of yours, uh, it, it, it covers above and beyond your regular, kind of like an umbrella. Da- Once again, we just talked about this data breach, cyber liability, I mean, uh, different things mm-hmm. like that. Um, you can do for loss of business income, much like what I talked about with the homeowner's insurance, where it was kind of loss of use of your home. But this is like you're covering if something happens liability, you get shut down for a little bit of time, you want to have kind of some insurance to keep some income coming in. It's kind of a, or for any extra expenses that you're going to uh, incur from, from the liability being sued or something to that nature. Employment practice liability insurance. Um, Once again, if this is, you know, you get sued by somebody because you let them go or fired them or or something like this. So it's kind of an umbrella coverage for all business owners. That's really good to, to look at. So let's look again. Let's mm-hmm. look again. Uh, just to reemphasize this, the key to getting the most value is once again, the businesses ought to be looking to raise the deductibles. And when you do that though, the business has to have savings We're we're maximizing savings again. Uh, you you want to have the max, you want to start with how much is the maximum coverage I can have not well, what's the least amount of coverage I can have for the least amount to make myself feel good. Start with the maximum and then work down from there. Uh, you can get a com- commercial umbrella policy, just like a personal umbrella policy. And um, that is what we would say to try to get the best value for when you're looking at your business owner's coverage. Yes. And so what we're going to do is we will have another podcast episode where we'll cover the life and health and disability and what to think about on those types of coverages to maximize your value and minimize your premium. So today we will wrap at this point. And if you are thinking about any insurance questions that you have for us, we'd be happy to hear those. You can email us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com. You can also grab the show notes on themoneyadvantage.com. And if you are wanting to evaluate your insurance, we would love to be able to help you work through your complete financial picture and say, where are my opportunities to shore up so that I can keep in control more of my money and have more to retain and utilize in my life and more to pass on to future generations. So thank you to our listeners. Thanks for hanging with us today and for 
really thinking through what protections to put in place in your life so you can have a sound personal and business economy. Up next, we're going to be talking about the health, life, and disability side and how to maximize your value there. So remember, success leaves clues. Model the successful few, not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. To learn how high-performing entrepreneurs 10x or more returns on liquid capital without giving up quick access to cash, go to themoneyadvantage.com forward slash liquid dash capital to get The Unfair Advantage, your 20-minute easy-to-read guide on maximizing your savings. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.